praise you, Father. We praise you, Son. We praise you, Spirit, three in one. We thank you for this creation. We, we praise you in humbleness, recognizing you are the creator God, the source of all life, uh, the source of our existence, uh, the breath in our lungs, um, the wind in the, the trees here this morning. Lord, we thank you for your presence with us, God. Lord, help us to lean into you this morning. Uh, help us hear from you, receive from you, Lord God. We want your life, your, your spirit, your power, your peace, your, your presence, Lord, with us. We love you. We thank you for this time together. Amen. All right. Go ahead and take a seat. And, ah, man, it is good to be here. I don't know. It just feels like a great day. It uh, feels like a great day for that mixer question as well, right? Would you rather go snorkeling or parasailing? That's kind of a weird question maybe. Uh, but let's do a, a, share, a show of hands. Who would prefer snorkeling? Raise your hand. All right. I've, I've made a quick count. Uh, how about parasailing? Who prefers parasailing? All right, look. Snorkeling won the day. All right. Now, what do you need uh, when you're snorkeling? If you want to uh, go down, dive deep, what do you need to do that? Say it loud. Air. Yeah, you need breath. You <gasps> And then you go down, right? Okay, because if you don't have it, what happens? You die. Okay. Now, to parasail, what do you need? What do you need to get up in the air? Wind! All right, and it's kind of usually generated by a boat. That's the experience I've had, that pulling motion. Uh, um, anyway, all right, well, let's see if we can make a connection between that and the message in a minute here. But let's uh, first pull back and say, what are we doing? Well, we're, we're in this new message series today. It's called A New Creation. It began a couple Sundays ago, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. On that day, it's a big day. Uh, about 30 to 33 A.D. in the springtime, Jesus crucified, who was dead and buried in a tomb, came to life again, was raised in life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is the beginning of a new creation. Before this time, sin and death ruled and reigned. But on that day, uh, Jesus showed that he defeated sin and death at the cross through his resurrection. And then beginning at Easter Sunday, that Sunday, over a period of the next 40 days, Jesus gave many convincing proofs to hundreds of people that he was alive. Uh, this was a, a widespread uh, witnessing of Jesus raised to, the, to life. And then we read on about one of these occasions in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. So in your bulletin, uh, you can follow. Actually, it's not in your bulletin. Oh, sorry about that. Just listen to this. Um, one of these resurrection appearances. It says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, Jesus risen from the dead. He wasn't a ghost. He was physical. He was embodied with this resurrection body. While he was eating with them, he gave them this command. He's speaking to his disciples here, those who had followed him as Lord. He said, do not leave Jerusalem. Stay here. Wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Oh, well, what's this gift? Verse Five, for John, remember John the baptizer? John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized. You will be immersed in and with the Holy Spirit, God's powerful presence. 
And then last Sunday, we looked at Pentecost, the, the time when the disciples were together, about 120 of them, in Jerusalem. They obeyed Jesus, and the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on them. And if you remember, it enabled them, the, the presence of God in them, enabled them to praise God in languages that they didn't know. It enabled them to do something that they could not do on their own strength and power. This was the proof, this was the sign that God's new creation had begun in humanity. That Jesus' death and resurrection had removed the barrier between us and God, created by our sin, removed the barrier so that God's living, powerful, life-generating presence could be poured into his people, into people again, so that they could be made new that they could be recreated, born again, and live in a new way, enabled now by his power to live in a new way. This was the proof. This was the sign. It was dramatic. It was significant. The crowds gathered. It was a busy time in Jerusalem. And Peter, he saw the crowd, and he proclaimed this message about Jesus. And he said, hey, this gift is for you as well if you want it. So today we're going to look more closely at this gift, this promised Holy Spirit. We're going to start by answering the question, what is the Holy Spirit? Right, once in a while in the old-timey songs, uh, King James Version, you'll hear the word Holy Ghost. That one, it's, a better translation is Spirit. Um, but where should we go if we want to find an answer to the question, what is the Holy Spirit? What's a good place to go? Any resources? Where would you look? Oh, the Bible. Let's go to the Bible. All right, let's do that. All right, so uh, the Bible, first book of the Bible, the beginning, Genesis, right? Let's start there and see what happens here. Genesis 1. This is in your bulletin, all right? Uh, in the beginning, remember this? In the beginning, in the very beginning, in the beginning, God down here. And then this origin story zooms in on the earth. Listen, verse 2. Now the earth was formless. Picture this. Formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep. And here he is. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Hovering. Something's going to happen, right? There's, are you ready for what's going to happen next? The Spirit of God was hovering, moving over this empty, chaotic darkness, ready to create. And then we go forward, Genesis 1, 3 through 2, 3. God speaks, and what happens? Things happen, right? God creates. And when you get to 2, 3, you see that God has generated form, life, beauty, and goodness. And God looks and surveys what he's created, and he says, it is good, it is very good. Now, that word that we translate spirit in English, so spirit in English comes from, if the Hebrew word would be ruach, and the, the Greek word for the New Testament would be pneuma. And it's interesting, those two words, they also refer to two other things, breath and wind. Breath and wind. All right, so if you're reading this in the original language, you're hearing spirit, but you're thinking also breath and wind. It's interesting, right? So breath and wind. Now, again, we, you, you mentioned it. Like, if I stop breathing, what's going to happen? I'm dead. If you've ever seen a dead person, one thing you'll notice is they're not breathing. Now, just take a deep breath with me. 
feels good. I got a little lightheaded there, but take it in. It's, it's life. It's life. We're, we're alive. You're alive. Congratulations. The Spirit of God is in you. You're alive. All right? And there's, it's not windy today. I was hoping for a little breeze. It usually is windy. Um, but when you, the wind blows, we, we see power, right? It moves things, big things even. The, the wind can be scary sometimes, and it can feel nice. Right? We, we experience God's breath, his life, uh, this wind, this power from God. This, these words are associated with God's spirit, God's Holy Spirit, his presence. All right? So God's spirit in the original language has, this, has those ideas. Now let's go, go on, carry that into this next bit. In Genesis 2-7, the origin story then zooms in on humanity, you and me. All right? Genesis 2-7, listen to this. Then the Lord God formed a man, actually formed the human from dust. All right, God, it didn't take much for God. He gets a little dust, gets a little dirt from the ground, and he breathed. You picture that? Breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man, the human, became a living being. What do we see there? God, by his spirit, by his breath, brings life where, where there was no life. The Spirit of God brings life. The Spirit of God creates. It's this this creative power. God's active in creation, creating. The breath in your lungs keeps you alive. That keeps you alive. That's from God. The wind that animates creation, that moves the oceans and all that, it's God. It's from God. And these are daily reminders that God gives us of his presence. If we're listening, if we're paying attention, daily reminders of his presence. God's spirit is active all the time in creation. That's just the first two little chapters of Genesis. Remember, we're answering the question, what is the Holy Spirit? So let's fill this out some more. We got some good things to hold on to. Let's fill this out some more. Keep going through the Old Testament, Genesis through Malachi. Here are some things we see. We see that God continues to breathe his spirit out on people at particular times for particular purposes to enable them to do tasks that he wants accomplished that they couldn't do on their own. We see Joseph, because of the breath of God, the spirit of God, he's able to understand and interpret Pharaoh's dreams. We see Moses and then Joshua enabled and empowered to lead God's people. We see God empower these judges. I mean, the judges, read Judges this week, man. That is a crazy book. God can use anybody. If you're wondering, hey, can can God work through me? Can God do anything? Yeah, read Judges. He can. He empowered them by his spirit to do things, to deliver his people, to rescue his people, to lead his people. God's spirit then, we see it active in his prophets to reveal things to them, to communicate his messages to his people. All right? So God's active by his spirit in people. But this is exceptional. At that time, these are exceptional events. They're occasional, they're sporadic, they're exceptional. The rest of humanity is still fumbling around in darkness and chaos and the violence of sin and shame and the curse of Genesis 3 Largely, humanity at this time is just struggling without God and without hope in the world. 
and the prophets, however, God is going to bring a day when he will pour out his spirit, his breath, his power, his life in all people, all people. So there's this anticipation about this time when people are going to experience this more broadly, when even all of humanity might experience this breath of life from God. So God's revealing this plan through the prophets. You look at Joel 2, you can look at Isaiah 32. But then there's this long period of silence, of waiting, waiting, at least 400 years, waiting for this to happen. But then something happens. God breaks into this darkness. Jesus comes. Jesus comes. And at Jesus' baptism, do you remember the spirit? At his baptism, what does the Spirit do? Kind of descends, hovers down like a dove. Does that remind you of anything we've heard today? It's an intentional reminder, connection for us with what God did in Genesis 1-2. The Spirit of God was hovering. The Spirit of God was hovering over Jesus because through Jesus, God was about to begin his new creation, his new genesis. Now, Jesus went out, filling people, doing things uh, that no one could do without God. He brought life out of death. He healed. He forgave. He ordered goodness out of chaos. He multiplied nature. But at the same time, we see something else at play. Human opposition against God remained. Human opposition against Jesus remained and was in place. And it was on full display, this barrier, this sin barrier, this thing that comes between us and God. This rebellion against God was in full display when two enemies, two enemies, the Roman rulers and the Jewish rulers, came together to crucify Jesus, to get rid of him. That was Friday. That was Saturday. It looked like at that point, if you were seeing these events, that sin and chaos and darkness had won again. But it didn't end there, right? The third day, Sunday, God's spirit moved in power and raised Jesus to life. And on the evening of that resurrection Sunday, we see this, John 20, Jesus appeared to his disciples. Okay, again, the resurrected Lord Jesus, during those 40 days, he appeared to the disciples. In verse 21, again, Jesus said to them, peace, peace be with you, shalom be with you. Like reconciled relationship with God, reconciled relationship with each other. Peace be with you. As the Father, listen to this, because this relates to you and me as well. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, the powerful, life-giving Spirit of God. What does that remind you of that we read today? The Lord God breathing on humanity, right? Back in Genesis 2-7, 
The Lord breathed on dust, formed the human, a new creation. Then here, with the dust of humanity that's stuck in sin and shame and death, the risen Lord Jesus breathes his life into humanity, breathes life into those who have recognized that he is Lord, who've received this uh, salvation, this forgiveness of sins that Jesus won for them. There he is breathing on them, making this humanity new, releasing that life-generating power in humanity. The new creation. Jesus fulfilled that word at Pentecost when the Spirit filled the disciples. That was back then. Today, right now, right now, the Spirit of God is still hovering, still hovering over the darkness, the formlessness, the brokenness, the chaos, the darkness. The Spirit of God is still hovering. When you were in that place this week, that dark, hard place this week, the Spirit of God was hovering. Right now, the Spirit of God is hovering over this place, around the world, to bring life where there's death, to bring form where there's chaos, to fill His creation with life, to make us new again. That's the opportunity. That's the, the Spirit of God is ready to do this. The Spirit of God is calling people to Jesus to repent, to turn away from that life lived without God, separated from God, to turn away from that, to turn away from sin, that rebellion against God, doing the things that we know we're not supposed to do, the things that displease God, to turn away from failing to love God and failing to love others, to turn away from that and to turn to God and receive this life. See, the barrier between you and God has been removed by Jesus' death and resurrection. The door is open. All you got to do is come in. There's life for you. The Spirit of God, the presence of God is waiting for you. God inviting you to come to him with freedom and confidence because the barrier has been removed. And he is ready to pour himself into you. That's the opportunity. This is the work that the Spirit of God is doing. Now, he does that, you know, that initial filling of the Holy Spirit, that initial being born again. He does that in so many different ways. I love hearing people's stories about how that happened in their life. You'll never find two identical. And I asked some people, hey, tell me a time where the Spirit of God was kind of moving on you, working in you. And I got all sorts of Awesome answers and examples. I got one from Erin Lopez. She's not here today, uh, but she said I could read this from her. You know, Erin and Vicente, um, their kids, they come here. They've been coming here for uh, at least a year now. And uh, she says this, two years ago, Erin writes, two years ago, my family and I were going through a very difficult season. My life, unbeknownst to me, was filled with lies, secrecy, and chaos. I didn't know how unmanageable it was until I was on the other side of it looking back. The chaos manifested in different ways from Ascente and I fighting constantly, um, to me completely losing my self-assurance. I couldn't make small decisions. Even choosing what to make for dinner was a decision I had to roll over in my mind again and again before committing. Throughout this period, I was really toiling daily. It felt like I was literally muscling through life. I knew in my heart that there was a better way to live, but I didn't know how to do it. That July, I had an extremely challenging incident with one of my clients, and it was destroying me. I had no peace. And it finally came down to deciding I had to let this client go. 
The evening before our call, the next day I was visited by what I now know to be Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I was asleep, and in the middle of the night, I was awakened by a white light that overtook the whole room. I felt a literal, physical lifting, like my heavy soul was being lifted. The next day on my client call, before I could bring up this uncomfortable situation, my client actually resolved it for us without me prompting. It ended on good terms. I felt such relief, but more importantly, I instantly realized that I had to let go and let God take care of me and my loved ones around me. That's, that's called repentance, right? The turning to God. This has changed my life more than anything else I can think of. Once I gave myself and my loved ones over to God, life improved. My marriage, my relationships with my kids, and my relationships with myself have all been beyond my wildest dreams. The Spirit comes to me in various ways now, and looking back, I see the many breadcrumbs that God was leaving for me. The Spirit was hovering, but I just wasn't listening. I'm grateful that he persisted. He's patient, man. He is patient. He'll hover over you, let you just, you know, wreck your life, as, you know, go your own way. He'll just hover. He's just waiting. God was calling me, but I wasn't listening. I'm grateful that he persisted and finally reached out his hands to lift me up. Aaron and her family are now following God together. It's awesome to see. Wow. Okay. This is what happens when you let God in, when you turn to him, when you receive what he's offering to you. Now, what, what changes? We, saw, we heard some about from Aaron. What are some changes that happen when you are filled with God's spirit, when you're a new creation, when you're, when you're born again, when you're connected back to God again, when you're plugged back in. What happens? What happens? Well, continue reading in Acts. Go to Acts chapter 3 and 4 after Pentecost. Uh, we see that Jesus' disciples who had been filled with fear, who, who, who were hiding who were scared because they saw what just happened to their Lord and Savior. Um, they were no longer timid or fearful. Instead, they were now courageous. Instead, they were moving in power. After this Pentecost, they were fearless. They were, they were no longer timid. They were moving out in power. They went out from Jerusalem to Israel and to all the world proclaiming this message about Jesus. And it surprised them. Where they went, God's Spirit did the same thing. God's Spirit fell on people, filled people, and they were baptized. The big barrier that was really shocking and surprising for them is when it went out from the Jewish nation to the Gentile world, the rest of the world. That barrier was broken through Christ. God moving forward. God moving out. 30 to 40 years later, after Pentecost, there were Christians God's new creation in every major city in the whole Mediterranean basin, in the Roman Empire. This thing's just like fire being lit. People hearing the message, receiving it with faith, and receiving God's Spirit. So what changes when you are filled with God's Spirit? Well, 2 Timothy 1.7 gives us a good summary of this. Listen, this is what you can expect. This is what you should see. The Spirit of God... The spirit that God gave you is not a spirit of timidity. That's the old. 
that's you and me separated from God, but gives us power, love, and self-control. Gives us power. This is God's power, life-generating, life-giving power, enabling us to say no to sin and to walk in love, in selflessness, in generosity, in looking after others. That's the power of God. Gives us power, love, and self-control. Sometimes we just need self-control. God's Spirit gives us those things to follow Jesus. Now, without this power, listen, you're going to be frustrated. You may know the right thing to do, Romans 7. You may know the right thing to do, but you're going to have a hard time doing it without God's Spirit. That's the point. God is showing you and me through the Old Testament, in your own life, that without God, you will be frustrated. Toil will win. Sin will beat you. You may have a good stretch for a while, but then you're going to trip and stumble and fall and crash. And you'll be to a point where you're finally willing to turn to God and say, okay, God, help, help. God lets you struggle before you get to that point because he wants you to freely choose, freely recognize that without him, there's no hope. You can't do it. One mark of a person filled with the Holy Spirit is God's power, this enabling presence that will help you choose God instead of sin, that will help you be courageous instead of being ruled by fear, that will help you be controlled by God in the Spirit rather than your emotions, your passions, your angers, your lust, your arrogance, your pride. One mark of a person filled with God's Spirit is his power, increasing courage, Love and self-control. He wants to grow that in you. I want more of that. Do you want more of that? I need some more self-control. I need some more love. Sometimes I just don't feel loving. I'm grumpy and irritable, and I got nothing for nobody. All right? That's, that's a good time to turn to God. I need courage sometimes. I can, I can fear doing that step because what people might think or say or, you know, what consequences. I can live in fear. I don't want to be ruled by that anymore. I want to be ruled by God's Spirit. There's more. There's more that, that comes with God's Spirit when it's flowing in you. What changes in your life? Well, listen to this. Galatians 5.22. The fruit, the fruit, the outcome of the Spirit, the Spirit's activity in your life is love, joy, peace. Patience. You need patience? Patience. Kindness. Genuine kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. And self-control. If you want more of those, the Holy Spirit is ready to give you more. The Spirit of God is hovering over your life. This is what the Holy Spirit is trying to actively generate in you. You can't bear this fruit by yourself. You can't muscle this up. This is the gift from God. This is what the Spirit of God wants to release and increase in you. These are the marks of God's new humanity in increasing measure. I want more of this. I want more. What would you look like if you had more of this? Turn the dial up on each of these a notch this week. That sounds good. What would you look like? What would your relationships look like? 
He had more of God's spirit active and flowing through you. All right. Looking through this this week, I'm like, I want more, Jesus. And I was more aware of my, my lack of it at times. So I asked, well, if I want more of God's spirit, if you want more of God's spirit, if you want more of this stuff, how do you get it? How do we, how do we get more of this? Now, if you don't have the Holy Spirit at all, you're like, wait, I don't even know what he's talking about. I don't even know if the Holy Spirit's in me. Remember what Peter told you. The message hasn't changed. Repent, turn to God, be baptized, be cleansed, bury out of the way. All right, that, that's the barrier between you and God and God's life flowing in you. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Trust that. That's his promise. He says, I'll do that. I'm ready to do that. I paid a high price to make that happen in you. I've come into creation. I suffered and died for you and rose from the dead to make you new, to give you new life, to make you born again, to increase these good things of the Spirit in your life, to let blessings flow through you again. If you want more of God's Spirit, it starts with repenting. It's that one-time, big-time repenting, but it's also a constant repenting through the day. Turning away from sin, turning away from temptation, turning away from the things that led you to death in the first place, and turning to God. Now, if you, you've experienced God's Spirit in the past, you, you're like, yeah, I'm a believer, I got God's Spirit in me. But you're stuck. Maybe you've been stuck for a while. You're stagnant. You're, you're wondering if this Holy Spirit is even active anymore. It's been a long time since you sensed His presence. Or if, you know, you have the Holy Spirit and you just want more. You're just greedy for more. This is a good thing to be greedy for. Then listen to what Jesus says in Luke 11. This is what he tells us to do. All right. Jesus says, so I say to you, ask. You want more? I say to you, ask. And listen, it will be given to you. I'm ready and willing and just waiting, hovering, ready to give this to you. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Press into me, for everyone who asks receives. The, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. He says, well, which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Not a very good father, right? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. That's not very nice. But if then you, though are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the gift, now listen, of the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. I go to Jesus, I go to God asking for all kinds of things. All kinds of things. And here we have a clear promise of what he has read. His spirit. His presence with you. I'm like, Jesus, just change the circumstance. Lift this, make this new, make this go away. He's like, I promise you my Holy Spirit, my powerful presence with you in this to help you through this so that you no longer live with the spirit of timidity, but you pass through this with love, power, and self-control. That's what he's ready and hovering and willing to do. But you got to ask. Ask. That's number one, fill in. How do you receive more of God's spirit? Ask. Ask again. Knock. Seek. Ask. Asking is a very humble posture, isn't it? I don't have it. I don't have it. Bump my head on the wall. Bump my head on the wall. Push, push, push until I'm exhausted. God's spirit is just right there. And Jesus just said, just ask. Why aren't you asking? Turn to me. You've run out of power. You've hit your limit. That's a good time.
time to turn to me and ask. Hey, even, even better, before you hit that limit, before you run your family into the ground, before you run others into the ground, ask quickly. That's been the, the growing thing for me this week is ask more quickly. I don't know what to do. I'm mad. I'm irritated. I, you know, I'm stuck. More quickly, ask. Turn to God. He's waiting, hovering, waiting to help. Number one is ask. That's a big one. I'm going to add one more here. Now, sometimes when I read about Jesus walking with his disciples, maybe some of you have been watching this series, The Chosen. It's Jesus and his disciples walking around. I've, read the fir- I've seen the first season. If you haven't seen it yet, they do a really good job. It's Jesus walking with his disciples. I'm like, man, that would have been great. Flesh and blood, physically seeing Jesus, God in the flesh, following him. Like that would have been a great deal, right? And really clear cut. Jesus gets up. He said, we're going. And you're like, he's going. If I want to keep going with him, I need to get up and go. When Jesus says stop, if I want to follow Jesus, be with Jesus, I would need to stop. Right? I would need to submit to him. I'd need to obey him. Obedience would be very clear cut. You know? And when I'm disobeying and not following anymore, it would be very clear because Jesus would be over there and I'd be over here somewhere. I, I kind of wish we had that. But Jesus says, you know what? It's better that I go away. On the night before Jesus was crucified, the Last Supper, when he's sitting with his disciples, he's about, you know, he's just going to go into arrested, crucified, etc. He said this to his disciples, John 16. You're filled with grief because I've said these things. He's preparing them for his death. You're filled with grief. But I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage. It's better that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, ah, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. I have to go to the cross and pay the price for your sins to remove the barrier so that God's spirit can flow again in you. The helper will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. I will send him to you. To follow Jesus now is to follow the helper, the Holy Spirit of God in you now. To walk with Jesus is to walk in the spirit. God with us, not just me, not just a few people in Israel, but people all over the world following the spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit. The key here is if you want more of God's spirit, more of his blessings, more of his love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. If you want more of that, number one, ask. Number two, obey. You got to go with him. He's moving. He's active. He's like the wind. Follow him. Keep in step with him. He's got more for you. He's hovering, waiting, calling you into more. And all you got to do is say yes. Weak. Just be more quick. Don't question everything. Don't debate everything a hundred times. You feel the Spirit prompting you. You may, okay, 80% chance this is the Spirit. Do it. Just do it. See what happens. See what opens up for you. I want to invite Norm up real quick. Uh, He shared a a little story with me uh, this week about, uh, you know, God prompting him to do something. He did it, and and it opened some things up for him. So Norm's going to come share with us. I want to say hello to all and help you to the feeling I have now. Um, 
My life has been full of a lot of blessings. I recognize it. I've been fortunate. And to this wonderful area by my son and his family to join them after his mother and my wife had died. And um, being retired, I have plenty of time to catch up with things. Um, it's a privilege that I really enjoy. Things that when you're in the world, when you're young and you know, fighting all the problems we have in life, you sometimes don't have the time. And, and again, coming out here and coming to OTC and having the counsel of our pastor and attending um, you know, prayer service, I've been learning more about what I should do. Um, and, you know, with the, the hiatus that was necessitated perhaps by the, um, you know, the pandemic and the close down of some things, I've, I've missed, I've missed the, um, our um, Bible study for quite a while. And um, although I read at home and I, I have a lot of time to review um, and, and daily take some passages from the Bible, it just, I, I was feeling a little empty until uh, the new series that we have at our um, Bible study on Wednesday evening, um, you know, was a, a review like we're doing now. And I said, you know, I need a little refreshment. And um, went and we're starting again. And at the end, when we get up and pray and pray for each other, um, I was standing next to Jeff, who works tremendously for OTC. I respect him so much. Um, the efforts that they put in to keep it going for all of us. Um, I was next to him, and he said something, and he was asking for wisdom. And I thought about since I've been baptized and try to learn more about Jesus and Christ, um, I've always been instructed and helped by people, but it never hit 100%. And even though I, in the morning I wake up and think, hey, that's a blessing, I'm up again, you know, after all these years, and um, think of the blessing we have today, being together in this beautiful day, but, um, my son's father-in-law, who have a, a very, very committed um, Christian, was has always given me information. And one of the things he gave me that, I have it on a card, but I've never really used it until it hit me Wednesday. And it's, you know, even, it was brought up again today. And I now, if you think about this, I say this before I pray every evening. I have it written down to remind myself of what's on the card. And I say this and I think it. Now I now invite you into my life. Please come into my heart and be my Lord God and Savior. Rule over me and leave my, lead my life. Think about that. When we, when we have the few moments we might have in a busy day to think and to pray, it was said at the beginning today don't let anything else bother you. Just think about who asked the Lord in to give you wisdom, to get you to relax and to understand what's in the Bible, understand one of the things that Wayne was 
working on us to memorize, which I memorized at one time and forgotten, was the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Philippians, and that is about imitating what Christ is and be humble. Take your time to open your heart and just relax and to think about the blessings we all have, even though we may not fully realize them because they're there. We have them every day. We have them right now today. It's a privilege for me to have spoken with you. Thank you, Norm. Uh, why don't we stand and do that? Stand what we've been talking. Stand and let's do what we've been talking about here. And again, the wind just right now reminding us um, of His presence, and you know the the invitation to flow with Him, to turn to Him, to go with what He's saying, to align our life with Him. With Him is before us. Let's let's pray and ask. We. We ask you, loving God, for your presence, more of your spirit. More, Father, we pray, we come to you in the name of Jesus because of what he's done for us. Loving Father, for more of your spirit, more of your power, your love, your joy, your peace, more life, Lord God. Lead us, Lord, forgive us for those ways that we've resisted you, we've pushed you out, we've said no. Forgive us for those times we want to submit to you. We want to flow with you. We're turning to you now. We're asking for more, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Breathe on us, Lord. Breathe on us, living God. And this week, when we're empty, when we're thirsty, when we're out, we ask you, Lord, to prompt us, remind us to turn to you. Help us be quicker to turn to you, Lord, and receive your life, receive your guidance, your wisdom, your truth, your direction, your peace. Praise you, Lord. Forgive us for waiting so long. It's just foolish. Like, why do we do that? Forgive us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for just hovering and waiting and being patient with us, Lord. We praise you, God. We ask for more this week. We ask that you'd enable us to quickly obey you, Lord, to respond quickly. Like creation did at the beginning, you spoke and it was so. You spoke and things moved. You, you spoke and you gave things life. Help us be responsive like creation at the beginning, Lord. Praise you, God. We ask for your blessings. We look to you. Keep us in this place this week. Help us walk by your spirit. Walk in your spirit, Lord. We love you. We thank you for this invitation all the time. Amen.